0: Everybody, welcome to Bestseller TV. I'm Taryn Winterbrill. We're here with Stedman Graham. He is the author of Identity Leadership. To lead others, you must first lead yourself. Stedman, it is wonderful to have you with us.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it very much.
0: So we were just saying off camera, this is your 12th book, one, two. <laughs> That's incredible.
1: Yeah, I uh, you know, I'm so passionate about the message of self-development, self-empowerment, self-efficacy. Uh, And really kind of understanding who you are, uh, have some sense of identity, because I was looking for equality all of my life and and trying to figure out how I become equal to everybody else. And I realized it wasn't an external issue. It's an internal issue. And when I discovered that, I started writing things, writing books about things that related to self-help, self-empowerment. Self-development, self-mastery, because I, you know, in the end, that's all you have, and self-mastery uh, is almost impossible to get the way the world is set up today. So it's a very important subject.
0: And Stedman, can you tell us a little bit more about that external versus internal acceptance as it relates to you?
1: you no, know, most people uh, are are stuck on the external, and they're defined by the color of their skin, they're defined by their house, their car, their money, their title, their religion, all of that. The power really is in the internal. And so when I learned how to take information, education, make it relevant to who I was, to my talents, to my abilities, to my passion, to my skills, it changed my life. When I really learned how to learn and, and you know and learn how to take content and apply that content to my development, uh, then I just, you know, my, my whole life was built, is built around reading. I mean, I I used to read a little bit. Now I read everything because I understand the value of being able to organize information and making that information relevant to my heart and soul. transfer it to my mind so I become a thinking human being and then transfer that to the American free enterprise system to create and design my own future.
0: Right. That said, do you you worry about, um, you know, the inundation of social media and the young people today, this idea of external acceptance versus internal? Are you worried about this idea of validation and acceptance, and because that's Instagram, Facebook, that seems to be where we're going, right? It's all about what everyone is thinking about, the imagery we're putting forward.
1: Well, certainly, uh, we have to worry about people controlling our minds, mm-hmm. and, and and controlling the content, and having that content delivered to our homes, delivered to young people who are not able to deal with it. You know, they are just forming themselves. If you're young, you're just forming your mind. And so if your neural pathways are, 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 are designed to be hardwired around this information, sometimes it's negative. And, and, and sometimes you don't get enough likes and so you, you get depressed or you, know, you react basically to this machine. Uh, there's, a, there's a problem in Houston based on that. So, so our ability to be able to control our own destiny is about learning how to take the tool and the information and make it relevant to, to our future to what we need to learn in order to be able to raise our social economic development. When we get that right, then that tool will be so valuable, we won't be able to to even stand it.
0: Yeah, I do wonder though, just in terms of even my nieces and nephews, how their brain is being wired and the evolution of us biologically, when you grow up looking for likes and validations and, and people people you know, being popular, so to speak, to put it at a very uh, you know, simplistic level. So, so you do wonder how our development from a, a pure biological level is being affected.
1: Well, that's why it's important to know who you are. It's important right. to know who you are so you can source information and you can basically segment your life around the information so that you're not uh, empowered by it, empowered by the wrong uh, information so that you end up making bad choices you know, are looking for everything on the outside. You're looking for validation on the outside when validation should start with you and your ability to learn, develop, build, create, and design your own uh, identity. You know, design who you are, design who you're meant to be, design your own purpose so you have a meaningful life. So that's a, that's a really healthy way of living and a way of, it's a very very healthy way of thinking.
0: No, absolutely. So, so tell us, let's take a step back In your own words, what is identity leadership? Because you say that it's a different kind of leadership that's necessary for the 21st century. How so?
1: I think it's the highest form of leadership because identity leadership is defined as self-leadership. It's based on the philosophy that you can't lead anybody else until you first lead yourself. That makes a lot of sense. You know, what are your habits like? What's, What's your routine like? You know, what are you capable of doing? What are your talents? What are your skills? What are your abilities? Before you start telling me about what I should be doing, you should first lead yourself. You should be the example. You should be the role model. So to me, leadership is influence and leadership is everything. And so it starts with that premise of working to try to be the best person you possibly can so that you can create value and serve the world with that value.
0: Absolutely. So so tell us a little bit about your background for anyone who's not familiar with with your business and your your roles of leadership.
1: Well, I, uh, I grew up in a little small town in New Jersey uh, called Whitesboro, New Jersey. Um, I grew up kind of with a race-based consciousness. I grew up in a little black town surrounded by White County where they said nothing ever good comes out of Whitesboro. Um, I grew up with low self-esteem, a lack of confidence in myself, mostly because I grew up in a family with two disabled brothers, special need brothers in my family I had to take care of. And so I was teased a lot growing up. Um, I had a lot of rage and anger growing up. Uh, and basketball was kind of, you know, I'm a bas- former basketball player, played in European Pro League, served the U.S. Army another year uh, uh, in my lifetime. So... Um, You know, basketball kind of gave me a sense of uh, accomplishment. I was a pretty good ball player, if you let me tell it. Um, I got a scholarship to school and uh, graduated and went to uh, graduate school. got a master's in education. Uh, And so I was just searching for, man, to find out who I was as a person. I, I had no identity, really. I had no control over my development. I didn't understand the value of information, the education, how to apply it to my my own life. I didn't understand that everyone is equal because everybody has 24 hours. The question is what do you do with your time? So you're kind of lost with that. So that is the kind of the short of it. Uh, I, you know, uh, got involved in business. Uh, later on, I worked for a guy named Bob Brown. We toured around the world and he had a public relations, and marketing firm, which is my... Uh, kind of foundation for saying, wow, he's in business. I could, I could, if he could go into business and do well, I could go into business and do well. Uh, Most people know about my relationship with Oprah defined by that, Uh, you know, stuck in the box based on that. So I was stuck in all of these labels. So I had the family label. I had the race label. I had the relationship label. I had all of that and realized uh, through all of this, that it's not how the world defines you, but how you define yourself, but there's no process for that. Maslow talks about that in terms of self-actualization, but where's the program? Where's the course? So I, I created the course for myself and then realized that, wow, women need it because they're defined by their gender. Uh, people of color need it because they're defined by their race. People are defined by their family circumstances. You're defined by your entitlements. You're defined by all these external things, your religion that determines your value. And that's not really who you are. So my goal in life is to teach people how to work on themselves and teach them how to self-actualize actualize their potential based on who they are. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. C-suite radio.
0: Well, why do you think that is so important? Do you feel that you know there's so many leaders out there that are not practicing the type of leadership you just discussed? I mean, is it is it necessary? Is it imperative? Why is it it's, so important?
1: Well, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, the community would take care of you. Everything worked, it was kind of an ecosystem. Now technology is telling us what? It's telling us that you have to do it for yourself that you can't wait and this pandemic has taught us anything. It's taught us don't rely on anybody else to determine your social economic development and your value. And so this is the you economy. So this is kind of perfect. The teaching, the nine step success process, the identity leadership program right now is absolutely perfect for the marketplace today because it teaches you how to go back and redefine your own existence. And you got to keep doing that. And the other thing we learned about this pandemic is that you got to be adaptable. You know, you got to be able, and the other thing we learned about this pandemic is that just because you have a successful business doesn't mean that you will be be successful in the next five years. It may change. So you also have to be a flexible and adaptable, but it starts with really trying to figure out your purpose in life and trying to have a strong foundation because, Otherwise, you can't source information. What I learned in my own life is this. If I don't, if, 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 if I'm gonna read a book, if I'm gonna spend my time educating myself, I have to learn how to take that education and make it relevant to my development. Otherwise, I'm not growing. I'm stuck in a fixed mindset, not going anywhere, doing the same thing over and over, which is nothing. And I'm in an educational system that teaches you how to memorize and take tests, repeat information, back, get labeled with a grade. And two weeks later, we, we were exposed to that system that when you graduate from college, you just still don't know where you're going. So if you're not clear, the, the reason this is so important, because if you're not clear on who you are and where you're going and how you're going to get there, then you really don't have a life. You're just kind of going through the motions. That's why it's important.
0: Yeah. No, it's fascinating. And it's the book is so, it's intriguing because like, you know, you mentioned uh, Lady O, right? You know, it's a fact, you know, you're associated with her, but it was just... Fascinating to read your backstory and everything you experienced. Like you mentioned a little bit about your basketball career and and going to Europe, and and you said to yourself, "Wow, this is the life. I've made it." And then you came back to the states, and you were like, "Wait, have I?" You know, you felt like you were back to square one. So I'm just curious. That said, and everything you've said up to this point. It, is your identity evolving, Stedman? Did you feel like when you got back from Europe, you, you, that was the time you said, okay, now I'm going to figure out my identity? Or, or is, this a, is this a fluid process for you?
1: Well, it's a process of, of consciousness. You really have to be aware of what you don't have. And I didn't have the thinking. You know, Business is about being able to think about you know, how to change your paradigm constantly so you can create new models and new programs. And so I didn't have, I didn't know that you could create anything, you know, and I'm watching Oprah and I'm watching in her, in her life and I'm being exposed to people at a different level who thought differently. Certainly they weren't thinking the way I was thinking, you know, so, so I had a lot of experiences. I traveled around the world and been a lot of different places, South Africa, you know, all of that kind of stuff. And so I had a lot of experiences, seeing a lot of things, but until you can apply it to your own development, until you are very clear on who you are and what your purpose is, you can't begin to grow and learn anything. So the difference was I wasn't learning anything. Yes, I had the credentials of masters in education and school and all of that and travel. You know, I could look like I was, you know, somebody, but the fact of the matter is I was empty, like an empty vessel because I wasn't putting, putting anything inside of my uh, talents. I wasn't developing my skills. I wasn't understanding what made me happy. I wasn't defining my own existence. And I, it took me a long time to realize it's not how the world defines you, it's how you define yourself. But I did have the pressures of life to be able to do that. Because every time I walked out the door, people were defining me as something else. So I said, wait a minute, hold it. You know, you, you, you don't have the power to define my existence. And I knew that whoever you give your power over to define your existence are gonna, always going to define you as less than them. So the key is, is not to be defined by your color, not to be defined by your gender, not to be defined by your class or your family or your background, but be able to have the tools to define your own existence so you can determine your own value. That's what people who are successful understand.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and you, you talk about how being by Oprah's side helped you self-define yourself. So that said Stedman, how, if someone said define Stedman Graham, what would be your answer?
1: They, they probably wouldn't know that, you know, I'm, I've got 12 books. They wouldn't know that I speak around the world. They wouldn't know that I'm develop, developing courses. They wouldn't know that I'm uh, creating systems in schools. They wouldn't know that I have teens Can Make It Happen program, a 10-week curriculum in schools. They wouldn't know that I train teachers, parents, or students. They wouldn't know that I toured 150 schools around the country, you know, doing town hall meetings. They wouldn't know any of that. And I, it, it doesn't make any difference whether they know it or not. The, the fact of the matter is, is that I define me as long as I know who I am. And that's why even, even being in a relationship with a very powerful woman, knowing who you are allows you to define yourself and not be defined by her. I'm not defined by her existence because that is what somebody, that's somebody else's perception. So to be, be really comfortable with who you are, to be strong in your own spirit, to know how it works, you know, uh, in, in a global marketplace, and to be able to understand the value of business and how that works, to me is a gift. So if you can get all of that and still be able to enjoy the global marketplace and be able to um, uh, do the things that you like to do and create your and create and design your own future, that is that's a luxury. I mean, I I I, I cherish that every day.
0: So when did you become comfortable in your own skin? I mean, was, was there a date? Is there a time frame or
1: well, I was comfortable or uncomfortable? Comfortable? comfortable. Yeah or comfortable. I think when I realized that uh, that the most the most powerful word in the world is love. And that when you begin to focus everything and build everything around love, then you have the ability to create happiness. You have the ability to take the negative and make it positive. You have the ability to change your negative attitude into a a positive attitude at the time that you're negative. You have a chance to change your thinking, change your feelings, and also change your results because whatever you put out comes back. So the love, especially if the foundation of your existence is negative, which is the foundation of my existence is negative. I grew up thinking that the glass is half empty as opposed to half full. The transformation for me, what I learned is that the transformation for me is always love. So I have to always focus on what I love, write down what I love, organize what I love, take information and make it relevant to what I love, practice what I love, build what I love and create that in my own life. And that is what changes my life every day because it allows me to grow, develop and build.
0: Right. I I like that you you took the words out of my mouth. I was curious when you say love, do you mean a personal capacity a professional capacity but as you just said it's a it is a mixture of both and and it's interesting every day you learn about new things that you love as you just mentioned
1: yeah you you focus on your strengths focus on what you can do focus on we're living the greatest country in the world america Uh, so man we have access to information we have access to technology the systems work here we don't have to walk five miles for water I mean, so, so the idea of being able to, to, to take all of that and make it relevant to your own development and figure out how to take it back to the laboratory, organize it, organize the pieces of the puzzle to paint the picture, have a vision about where you're going, have a plan, and then be able to build a whole life around that to me is, is, what, is what we're capable, all are capable of doing when you understand that the process of success, and this is important, is the same for everybody. The difference is some people know it, most people don't.
0: Yeah, and, and you say that, you know, identity leaders, the one thing they all have in common is they're all open to change, right?
1: Well, certainly they're open to, to, to being flexible and because they're focused on a vision bigger than themselves. They also are focused on what they love and what they care about. So that's the driver. I mean, that drives you when you are having tough times. It drives you when you're in this pandemic. So if you know your purpose and what you love and what you care about, And you are excited about that that overcomes the obstacles that you're facing that you're facing regardless of what they are every day so that what you want to be able to do is you want to be able to last can you sustain yourself over a long period of time as a ceo of a company can you sustain yourself through the tough times can you get past the personal uh, difficulties you're having, the professional difficulties you're having? Can you get beyond that? You know, So identity leader, are, they're clear <clears throat> on who they are and what they're good at. And they have, <clears throat> they pretty much are experts in that field. And they work toward developing an authority in their uh, uh, industry or whatever the work they're doing.
0: Yeah, and you, you mentioned many, many <clears throat> an identity leader in the book, including Oprah. But, as, but her aside, who in the book speaks to you the most that you mentioned?
1: Well, I, I think, uh, I, you know, I mean, I like Tom Brady. He's, uh, you know, he's a great guy, uh, also a friend of mine. Uh, he, is, he has the intensity of sustainability and he practices the process the same way. He develops a process, continuous improvement all the time. He gets better. He works at it. Uh, Jeff Bezos, of course, is, you know, he's a, uh, He's created something dynamic. He's thinking in the future. He has a vision bigger than the circumstances. He started off with books. Realized he can now take retail and, and make that uh, available to everybody around the world. Uh, so I I just think you know you know when you talk about identity leaders leaders and identity leadership you're talking about people who have a special drive. You're talking about people who are grounded in their passion and grounded in their purpose, and they start with that. You're talking about people who read all the time, who are readers, who are learners, who are developers, who are builders, you know? So the process, what I learned is the process of success is the same for everybody. Once you learn the process, which is what I, why I teach this, then you don't have to worry about where you came from, what your background is, what your family situation was like, because you can change, create, build, and develop, and and, uh, you know, uh, design your own future.
0: And is you know, that said, it's part of the reason you wrote this. And I'm curious, Stedman, when you look at the future and you look at the digital world we live in and social media, do you feel that, w- that we may be lacking in identity leaders and identity leadership in the future? That the young people today, our are, are leadership's just not on their radar because everything is so automated. How would you respond to that?
1: I would respond to it to to say that we need to really wake up about the digital marketplace today because it's not safe for a lot of young people who are using it to entertain themselves and to change their, basically their neural pathways uh, and they're becoming hardwired and they're beginning to start to get uh, uh, ADHD and, you know, they can't do without it and addicted to that and and to, to that device. And so they're not focused on their own development. If you could take that instrument, that that, that that iPad or the the digital content that you get out of it, and it's a powerful tool because you can ask it anything, it will feed you back information. If you can learn how to take that information and apply it to your skill sets, right, to your talents and to your abilities, so that you could raise your social economic development, boy, that's powerful. Yeah.
0: And, and I always like to, to ask, um, you know, people of your success level, when you look back at your whole, whole career and your evolution, Stedman, is there something you would have done differently if you could have, or are you someone who has no regrets?
1: You know, I never would have been here. Uh, I mean, to be here and to, to help as many people around the world, uh, teach them how to self-actualize their potential and improve themselves based on the process. And to be in the schools, to be able to teach this to teachers and parents and students and and to be in colleges. uh, I don't know how I would have never done that without the hardships, without being able to struggle to find out who I was. So I could be the example for these nine steps that I'm talking about right now and then also have the narrative. So to be able to have the narrative. TWB, (laughs) the narrative to be able to talk about it, and it's real in my life, and I live it every single day, and I'm never comfortable because it's always in my face, so I have to work on myself, I have to define myself, and I have to learn how to navigate through the 21st century, Um, and I would say this, you couldn't have a better opportunity than today because we have access to technology, we're talking, I'm talking to you from New York, I think. And so, you know, how do, um, what, what resources do we have? We have so many resources to be able to disseminate content. It's about the content. I'm glad you're in that business of delivering content to people so they can empower themselves, which is the same business I'm in.
0: Yeah. Well, bravo on the book. Um, it, it's terrific. The nine steps are very user-friendly, but it, it really... It hit home because I do wonder about the future of our world. And, you know, when you look, I think you mentioned people know that, you know, 50 percent of jobs in the future will be automated. Um, and you wonder the mindset of college graduates. You wonder the mindset of, of of leadership and what that means to the younger generation. So you write about it in a, in, a, in a very unique way because identity leadership is not the same as leadership. And you go through that and you go through the nine steps. So uh, congratulations. And uh, is book number uh, lucky number 13 to come? Well, SG?
1: You know, we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see what happens uh, TWB. Uh, so I don't know, uh, uh, but I, I just, I'm enjoying identity leadership. I think leadership is everything. Uh, again, it's working on yourself. If I could give advice to, to, to people and, and say one thing they need to do. Uh, and, and the fourth industrial revolution, which is, which is here now, I would say you need to work on yourself every day.
0: Yep. I couldn't agree more. Well, thank you so much, Simon. It's a terrific read and, uh, you know, much success to you in the future.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: And if you'd like more information on the book, just check out our website. It's c That's c-sweetbookclub.com. I'm Taryn Winterbrill. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time right here on Bestseller TV via Zoom.
1: Like what you just heard? Visit c-sweetradio.com. C-Suite <laughs> Radio, turning the volume up on business.